0: tribalism sucks critical thinking is pretty cool thanks for being part of american viewpoints with mike ferguson
1: you've heard the terms government shutdown looming government shutdown and for some in the media that's designed to make us really scared and get us motivated to action call your congress critter and tell them that you don't want a government shutdown so what does this actually mean And how does this actually affect us? And how in the world did we actually get here? Okay, let's go over that right now. I'm Mike Ferguson. I'm now joined by James Wallner, a senior fellow with the R Street Institute. And James, you got plenty of experience around Washington, D.C., former executive director of the Senate Steering Committee under a couple different chair. So you've been around the block. Uh, When we talk about government shutdown here, I want to be clear. We're not talking about the government running out of money. They have the money. This is about the authority to actually spend the money or something along those lines. What is actually at the heart of the conflict here?
0: Well, that's correct. So the federal government gets tax dollars, tax revenue that comes in. And if the debt limit has been raised and they have room underneath it, they can also borrow money to get that revenue into the federal treasury. However, the constitution requires that any money that goes out of the federal treasury has to be first approved by Congress. And Congress does so in two ways. So one, they can uh, have what we call entitlement programs. And these are permanent grants of spending authority, things like Social Security, uh, large parts of Medicare. Those things happen regardless of whether or not Congress acts again, because they they passed the law and they said that they could go on in perpetuity. But there's another set of Programs; these are called discretionary spending programs that Congress has to appropriate money for every single year. And if Congress doesn't appropriate money for it, then the the, the the money can't come out of the Treasury. It can't be used to fund those programs, things like the Department of Education, the Department of Defense, and so on. So it's it's critical if those programs are to continue that the government actually pass legislation that approves that money coming out of the Treasury.
1: And the approval for that is what's expiring at the end of this month. So where is the debate? Somebody may say, "Okay, well, you have to pass a bill to keep uh, keep spending money on defense and on military, on whatever else. What's the holdup in the politics of it all?
0: Well, right now, just to walk your listeners through the, the process real quick, you know, we have twelve appropriations bills, and they're they're divided up. And so, some fund the Department of Defense, some fund the Commerce Department, the Education Department, the Transportation Department. There's no, there's nothing magical about twelve. It's not like the sky parted, the clouds you know parted, and a hand came down and it had the tablets, and the tablets said, "Thou shalt have twelve appropriations bills." That's just something that Congress has done they can appropriate money for all appropriations bills at the same time. And that's an omnibus spending bill. They've also, they've done that a lot as well. But if they can't get an agreement on either 12 appropriations bills or one big appropriations bill, what Congress loves to do is give itself more time, more time to negotiate. And that's what we call a continuing resolution. And so right now, there's a disagreement over how much money we're going to spend In total, on non defense discretionary spending and defense spending. And they can't, Republicans can't agree amongst themselves, and Democrats and Republicans can't agree, and the House and Senate can't agree on what those top line numbers are going to be. And so, what we're really looking at right now over the next 10 days is going to be a continuing resolution of some form, either a month or two months, to give Congress more time to figure this out. And if they don't pass that continuing resolution, then those programs, that the continuing resolution would fund are going to shut down.
1: We are visiting with James Walner from the R Street Institute. Okay, let me follow up with that part right there. When you say they shut down, is this something that the typical American is going to feel impacted upon their life? I mean, if some of these government programs get shut down, what does that actually mean to us? Because my understanding is things like Social Security and some of those, they're still going to get their checks. So how would this actually affect us?
0: That's right. The social security checks will still go out. There's been some argument in the past that the people to process those wouldn't get a salary and therefore can't work. Of course, Congress, in that instance, if that were to be the case, would easily pass uh, a a funding bill just for those workers. Right. I don't think the politics of the situation uh, of the issue would would help them if they decided not to to give people their social security checks. I lived through know, We've all lived through government shutdowns. The longest government shutdown in American history happened a couple of years ago. You're not going to notice it unless, of course, you deal with the federal government in some way, shape or form. If you work for the federal government, you're not going to be able to go to work or get a salary. You're not going to be able to go to a national park. They'll close those parks. Uh, They'll close the monuments if you're in in Washington, D.C., although it's a bit odd. I'm not sure why. Uh, you know f- funding for the federal government is required to keep the Washington Monument open but they'll put you know chains around it and say you can't walk up and go see it if you're there. So that that's the sort of stuff that that you're going to notice. But for most people who don't have a close nexus with the federal government who aren't going on vacation, you're not going to have um you're not going to really feel that impact uh, if certainly if it doesn't go on for that long.
1: So what's happening is the Republicans, Democrats and even like you said within the Republican Party, the argument is over is this where spending cuts will happen, or is this where spending increases will happen in some areas, border security, things like that? So is this basically a microcosm of the debate over what the national budget should be and spending priorities should be?
0: I, I think so. But I think the real problem is, and I think it's it's a what this highlights is that the Congress isn't working because the members themselves don't want to have those debates. If you were to put funding bills on the floor and the members had an expectation that they would get an opportunity to debate them and offer amendments to them and change them, and then th- there would be an outcome and a bill would pass. I don't know what that bill would look like and no one can guarantee in advance what it would look like. And because of that, the leadership and large parts of both parties don't want to go down that road. So what they do instead is they say we have to agree on everything up front right away and then they and that's really hard to do when you don't have votes on the floor when you don't have the media watching and constituents calling in and so it gives everybody a lot of leverage and so the way they overcome that is they wait until the very last minute and then they jam the members and they jam them with big spending bills they jam them with CRs and they say if you don't do this we are going to go over the cliff, the republic will fall into the ocean and the government's going to shut down. And what that does is it presents the members with the fait complete and it and it allows them to either vote for the bill and say, I'd rather not, but I had no choice, or it it pressures enough people to support the bill begrudgingly and so that you don't have enough to to block it. And that's essentially where we are right now. And so that's why we get this sense of these like peaks and valleys, and it's very disjointed. It's all by design. Congress has had plenty of time to work on these issues, but they refuse to have those debates. And even during the debt limit debate, we were told at the time you had conservatives in the House say, we need to lower spending. And they say, well, no, the time to do that is on an appropriations bill in an appropriations debate. Well, now you have that appropriations debate and you have conservatives in the House saying, We need to lower spending. And they're told, no, you can't. We don't. We're going to have a shutdown if we do that. So we can't do it. It's all designed to get uh, to an outcome that they want in advance.
1: And I noticed that they don't stop taking out taxes out of my paychecks uh, during a government shutdown as well. So that part
0: continues.
1: All right, uh, James, how do we follow what you and your colleagues are doing at the R Street Institute?
0: Well, you know the Archery Institute is a fabulous organization. I encourage your listeners to to check it out. It's not doctrinaire. It's it's something that's it's very refreshing. Um, in in Washington today, and it's one of the best places for creative inquiry. We're looking at, at real solutions to real problems. And and I would just encourage everybody to uh, to check it out.
1: All right, thanks, uh, James, so much for the uh, insight here. Thanks for having me. Well, speaking of the politics, and James was just talking about the pressure on the Republicans right now, particularly in the House, the Republicans are also trying to cast a vision for the country to win back the White House. What do they actually stand for and what does the right candidate for their presidential nomination need to be and say and do? Let's talk about that just ahead right here on American Viewpoints.